Hallelujah. Good. Well, welcome here this morning. We've just tried to transition here from a time of worship, and uh, thank you for those who are joining us um, yeah, online and those in Breakthrough City Church this morning. Um, this, the atmosphere is charged, even with His presence, and we trust those that are online with us down there at the coast, Corny, uh, therefore SCS and Elizabeth as well there in uh, the Free State, and those in Switzerland, and those in Lesotho. And um, we are hearing good reports, even down in Friesburg, even with, with the young people amongst the youth. I heard last night the Spirit of God is moving there. And so we are trusting that we'll see a great awakening happening in the nations of the earth. And um, this morning, um, I'm going to continue sharing this word. Um, I've started to share about the, the seven mountains or seven domains or seven pillars in the world which, on which the nations are built and um, uh, we are sharing um, each one of them. I say important. And this morning, I wanted to share this. Uh, the one specific mountain this morning I want to speak about is the economic mountain or the business mountain. Um, and you'll know that I've touched on the different mountains which we refer to. We refer to the mountain of government, the mountain of business and economy, the mountain of the media mountain, the religious mountain of religion, the mountain of, um, of family, the mountain of uh, uh, media. I don't know if that was all the seven I covered or repeated, but get the message from last week. And that. So we've been touching on these seven mountains and domains in which the church have to actually go in and impact. We spoke about how God brought back through Jesus Christ and restored the authority that was lost in the Garden of Eden. And remember where Jesus was taken in Luke 4 and he was tempted in the wilderness. It was not the nations that the devil wanted to give back to him. It was the dominions and on which the nations are built. And where Jesus said, you know, you know the story, I will not worship or bow down and worship you. So Jesus came back because the devil knew that Jesus would restore the authority back to the church. So that authority has been restored back to the church that we will see the impact, how the church has an influence in these different mountains. These seven different domains or seven different uh, 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 mountains or pillars in society. So we see that God wants to bring about transformation. And I said to you before, the Bible says that the meek shall inherit the earth or the righteous will inherit the earth. And therefore, the kingdom that Jesus is bringing is on earth as it is in heaven. There's a reflection when God built and established and created the earth... Um, that what is in heaven is what was mirrored here on earth. So whether it be the seas, whether it be trees, whether it be um, uh, uh, um, just the beauty of nature, whether it be even uh, all creation, he mirrored on, on earth as it is in heaven. And the family that he wanted in the beginning and established with Adam and Eve, the family that he has in heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, John 17, that we'd be one. So God is serious about what he's doing on earth. And that's why I said um, a lot of people in this time are following the doom and gloom about the world is ending. Jesus is coming tomorrow. Well, I've got good news for you. Jesus is coming a second time. But he's coming when the fullness of the restoration of all things takes place on earth. The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is coming for a victorious church. But the church has a responsibility to impact these different domains on which uh, society and nations are built. 
And so, so uh, we are not building escapism theology. I, I, I tell you, it's scary what's going out there. Unfortunately, many times, uh, sometimes Christians are connecting to the second heaven and picking up that, you know, the doom and gloom, everything's collapsing, everything's falling, and Jesus is coming tomorrow. Well, the thing is, the church needs to be refreshed, to be revived, to see an awakening come into the nations because God is moving on planet earth and he's moving through the church. There's a new Jerusalem coming down. And all of us want to go up. We need to read the Bible in context. Not just from the book, one or two books and say this is the theology. We need to build our teachings based on apostolic doctrine, not on some loose thoughts. So this morning, I want to share with you about the economic mandate. And uh, we're going to jump, jump, jump straight into that. Um, this is an area where it's so crucial for where we are in at present um, to understand how God is working that because what I experienced, there's an enormous amount of fear and anxiety amongst everyone on planet Earth. Especially when it comes to finances. And uh, we need to understand that, that God is calling us to actually manifest the true aspect of who God is in these times of, uh, or these domains and in these times of turmoil. So do you, who knows that God loves to manifest his supply? If he sent his son, Jesus Christ, he sent the best. Do, do you understand? There wasn't a count, there wasn't something else. He sent the best. So God is, in, is, is, is a father, the perfect father that knows how to supply. Okay, so he gave, um, and God loves, do you know what, God is, a, is, God is the most cheerful giver. <laughs> he gave all. Do you know how generous God is? And many Christians don't know the generosity actually of the Father. And he wants to reveal that generosity now through his sons and daughters on planet earth. Because Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. True sons and daughters will actually only do what the Father is doing. And you know, the Father is generous. So we're living in a time where as Christians, we need to understand even generosity. Okay, we're going get, to get into this. So I'm going to really just trust the Holy Spirit breaks that the word is not a logos, but a rhema word, a revelation of what heaven is saying even this morning. And that the word will penetrate deep in our hearts because God has good news for us. So there's... There's really just this, this spiritual landscape of, uh, the, the, of ec the economy and economics and business. And um, um, we see that in Israel, in the Old Testament, we saw as example, as, because the Old Testament is a foreshadow of things to come. And we see in the Old Testament, remember, uh, we already spoke earlier this year about the God gave the promised land. But the, Israel had to, through courage, faith, take hold of the promises. But when they went in, they had to deal with the giants. And what we need in this year, we need courage, we need faith to face the giants the world is facing. So, yeah, we have these different ites, 
the Philistines, the Canaanites, the Jebus, all the, all the ites, or they were all there in the land. And the Israel had to go and dispossess them. Well, guess what? The kingdom of God, the church needs to go dispossess these different kingdoms that are ruling and influencing because these nations there were spiritual powers and principalities that had influence all right so we're not dealing with flesh and blood we're dealing now with powers and principalities and the church needs to go execute with authority that's been given back to the church jesus said when he, jesus ascended on high he gave all authority was given to jesus he gave it now to the church so we have an authority to take back what the enemy took. That's why the devil couldn't give it. Because Jesus took it. And he restored that what was taken. So now we see, yeah, is the, the enemy. And um, one of the, the, in, the enemies is on the mountain of the economies. Okay, the economies in the, of, of the world. And this one example, like in Israel, in the Old Testament... This one power and principality, so Ephesians 6, Ephesians 2, go look at the powers and principalities that rule and influence people and nations and cities and towns. So there's powers and principalities that influence us. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So we must know that, that either the business field or economy is spirit-driven. It is spirit-driven, meaning it is influenced either by heaven or hell. And we see here, this one kingdom um, of economy was influenced as an example and a shadow in the Old Testament. We see the enemy on that mountain of the economy was the Canaanite. Now the word Canaanite, interestingly, means trader or merchant. Okay, Canaanite is the trader or a merchant. And it speaks of the money this money motivation. It's motivated by money. Mullah. And what happened is, this spirit is functions, is and empowers or influences, it has to do with greed, as well as the poverty spirit. So this mountain of economy and business, the spirit behind it, is greed, and the poverty spirit. And the principality, remember there's different ranks in, 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 in uh, you know, the demonic kingdom. But there's different ranks. But the spirit or the principality in charge of this domain influencing business and economy is called mammon. Mammon, mammon is a spiritual being. It's a demon. So that's the principality. And you have these different orders of greed and the spirit of poverty functioning with it. This is what functions in the business world and the economies of this world. So the poverty spirit is what? Is the fear or of loss or the lack of provision. Now, just listen, folks. The Holy Spirit's going to start nudging some of our hearts because he wants to get us sorted out so if if the spirit of mammon will manifest and influence and it will have to do with this this thing about a fear of loss or lack of provision 
if that thing you, is what you hear, there's an influence of the Spirit in your life. I'm not going to have enough. I'm not going to have provision. I'm speaking as to Christians now. So, you know, the thing is this, whether you're poor or you're a multimillionaire, to the degree you live with um, fear of poverty or lack, to that degree you will live under the spirit of poverty or lack. Did you hear what I said? So, to the degree that you have this fear of, I'm going to have, I'm, I'm, I have lack, or uh, I, I, I fear, you know, just I'm not going to have enough. You are actually influenced by that spirit. Let's just repent and go home. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm busy saying here? This is so crucial because if we understand. Even today, God wants to set us free so that we can live in a life of abundance. And that's not just material things. There's abundance of soul. Because if, if this is in your mind and your thinking, you don't have abundant thinking. You don't have abundant life in your soul. You cannot function because you're influenced by these spirits. Okay? So, it means that you're actually living out of your bank account not his bank account. So if you're living from this fear or anxiety of loss or poverty, you're living out of your bank account and not his bank account. Okay? So Philippians 4.19, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So what is the cure? This is the cure for the poverty spirit. The cure for the poverty, poverty spirit is that there's a provision in Christ that he's made for you and me. Do you know that greed is the insatiable drive for more? Isn't that so? Just look around in the world. What, this insatiable desire for more is greed. People want more. That's the spirit of greed that is working. So there's this illusion that there is an amount of reserve in finances or whatever that's going to keep me calm. That's going to keep my soul calm. So greed makes me, I want more. I need more. You know, they have more. I need. So there's this, this spirit that keeps influencing my life that if I have X amount in my bank account, I'm, my soul's going to be calm. You see, some people might have 500 rand in their account, in their bank account, and they're actually they're calm. That is. Um, but then there might be people that actually have millions in their bank account and they don't have that peace and that calmness. Alright? So, what does greed do? Greed goes and greed tells you 
when I have a little bit more, if I only have a little bit more, there's this nagging anxiety that's going to disappear if I have a little bit more. That's how the spirit of greed works. If I only have that and if I only have this, then that nagging is going to go away. That's how greed works. So you can have tens of millions, but it's, if I only have that little bit more, that's how greed works. You see, you'll, you'll have people who do whatever necessary to almost like get to a certain level in society and wealth. Isn't that so? Have you seen that? Like, do, you know, and, and hopefully there's not people here and that, but I will do like whatever I, I can to get to a certain level. When I'm at this certain level in society, um, you know what? They actually want to go up higher to another level. It's almost, there, there's, there's, a, there's a law. There, this is really true. This might sound funny. There's a law called Parkinson's law. The more money I get, the more money I spend. Parkinson's law is the more money I get, the more money I spend. So that's what the thing that greed does. It takes you to a level that you're always not satisfied. You always want something more. Greed says the car, the house, these, this, this, this. And I'll, I'll try and give you a balance of things here now. But there's a thing that I, I need to have more. Because the Joneses have something more. That's how greed works. So you might have hundreds of millions. You might have billions. But there's this, the spirit of greed will say, I actually need something more. And then, then I'll be at peace in my heart. Do you know people like this? I'm not saying standing in the mirror now. I'm saying, do you know other people? I know people like this. In 1 Timothy 6.17, 1 Timothy 6.17, it says, Command those who are rich in the present age not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. So guess what? What is the cure? The cure is to trust in God. That's the cure. And I mean, I've got amazing friends there in Switzerland as well. I, I, this conversation I had this week, and you know, he was just saying, you know, shall I trust in God for what I need? So bless you, my friend. We love you guys. So listen to me. This is important. As fear and greed advance on this, amount, this mountain of economy, the devil's kingdom advances. Did you hear what I said? As fear and greed advance on this mountain of business and economy, the devil's kingdom advances. So even as a Christian, I can be advancing the devil's kingdom. That's the scary thing for me. Because I'm influenced by fear and greed. Must we just repent and go home there? Uh, we're going to just dig deeper. So, who is this principality? And I'm not speaking about the municipality. We're praying for them. I'm speaking about the principality. 
It is the spiritual being that is influencing this mountain of business and the economy in the world. The, the principality I mentioned before is mammon. It's a fallen spiritual being. It's a person. It's a demonic person. That's called mammon. It's not some name. It is a demonic being. So that's the principality heading up that domain. All right? It is connected with, we read in, 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 um, in Old Testament as well as in Revelations, Babylon. Okay? We touched on Revelations 4 and 5 last week, if you remember correctly, about, oh, you Babylon, because, listen to me, the good news, Babylon will fall. That's if we understand Jesus is not just coming now. He's waiting for us to establish his kingdom. Then he's coming. That's why Babylon will fall. Okay, so Mammon represents, you might like this word, avarice. Avarice and wars for the throne of God in our lives. Avarice basically means extremely greedy. Someone is avarice, they're extremely greedy. And this mammon wars for this place in our hearts where Jesus is supposed to be the throne, on the throne. Either the Spirit of God works through you or another spirit works through you. Because even Jesus had to confront Peter where he said, get behind me, Satan. Because what Peter picked up was not the Spirit of God. He picked up another voice. Do you understand? So, use a follower of Jesus. Okay, so, Babylon, what does Babylon mean? Babylon means confusing by mixing. It's confusion because of mixing. That's what Babylon means, alright? So, we see, many times we see many Christians. We see many Christian businessmen and women that are actually under the influence of Mammon or the, the system of Babylon. Many. Uh, unfortunately, some of the biggest hidings I've got in my life as being a Christian has been where, unfortunately, where misrepresentation where people or Christians that um, were under this influence in the, in the business world. So, and God wants to restore this because God redeems things. All right? So that's the good news. All right? So there, what happens is, um, you, you find that sometimes as Christians, uh, have you heard this before? I'm doing this for the kingdom. You, you heard that? I've heard people. I've, I, I've had people approach me. Just by the way, um, I've had people approach me. I, won't, I can't give too much detail anywhere online yet, and, and I won't do that. But I've had people approach me that, that actually wanted me to sign for things to be part of, of grants to actually buy massive farms my wife will remember this we had people approach us and say listen this this all the things have been uh, will be bought the contracts will be signed the government will finance this we just want you you know your pastor you're a standing man and that to sign for this okay we won't go into those details but what i'm saying unfortunately there's this um i'm doing it for the kingdom and the spirit of babylon which is the mixing of motives comes in we want to do this for the kingdom and that spirit comes in and it mixes the motive of the heart of people so the people actually doing it are convinced this is god but their motives are mixed the spirit of babylon working 
the spirit of mammon. In the New Testament, um, it speaks about the New Testament prophet and, um, and, and how the New Testament prophet actually describes uh, a false prophet is that at, at, at a false prophet in the New Testament had nothing to do with it. Someone gave you a wrong prophecy and it never worked out. That's not a false prophet. The false prophet in the New Testament was referred to someone that was actually giving prophetic input and prophetic words for money. Who do we know like that in the Old Testament? Balaam. Balaam. He was motivated by money. So he was going to prophesy the wrong thing against the wrong people. I mean, yes, David, he would tell us, I mean, there's people even in business. They, okay, this is now not Christians. They go to the Sangormas, the witch doctors, and they get advice or they go to them because they need promotion. What does it tell you? What's influencing in that, that realm of the marketplace? The demonic. And that's why God is raising up righteous men and women. And this is because I think we've, we've been so burned through this type of thing in our own lives. God has given me a, a heart many times for kingdom-minded businessmen and women. Because we've got to bring righteousness in this mountain. Guys, do you hear what I'm saying? We can't misrepresent the king. So going to this mountain of business and money is basically very cutthroat and treacherous ground. Okay, for those in business, you know what I'm speaking about. That's cutthroat. You get stabbed in the back by the people that make the best friends with you. It's like you can't believe how can someone turn on you. Uh, I mean, I know people, people are even on watching live, yeah, I know people that have been owed money. People that have been owed, I mean, I'm speaking people overseas that I'm specifically thinking of now. People are owed money. They're still waiting for. Because of this, the spirit behind this mountain and the influence of people. All right, so this is really a treacherous uh, a mountain to go up and to take hold of and in possession. So the thing is this, and this is what I want to say to everyone, is that your and my heart needs to be clean, clean and cleared from these weeds, these wrong weeds in order to take the ground. If our heart, because I can, remember, I can be so, that's deception, that I'm convinced what I'm doing is right. So if the weeds in my heart that are sown there as a business person is not right, I will think I'm doing the right thing. And just because I'm a Christian, I think it's all fine. In 1 Timothy 6.10, 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed, listen, some have strayed from the faith. This is the believers. In their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Do you know how many 
many, many Christian business people that are, have so many sorrows because of the love of money. There's nothing wrong with money. Just understand what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with having money possessions. Nothing at all. Nothing. I'll get to that. But there's a problem if there's a love for money. Because it's a root to all these evil things. That's the difference. And, and this is important because sometimes people think, I need to be a pauper. I need to be this poor person with nothing. And then I'm a righteous Christian. I say, that's a poverty spirit. Because whether you have hundreds of millions of rands or one rand, you can still live under the, under the spirit of poverty. It has nothing to do with your bank account. So yes, Paul, in 1 Timothy 6.10, Paul was actually pointing out that even in the early church, that the love of money was the root of evil, all evil. Okay? So, um, and it says there that many actually went astray. They left the faith because of the love of money. I've seen people in ministry do this. They still have their churches and ministry, but they've left the faith. Scary. Because Jesus is no longer the center. The center is the focus and not Jesus. The things, the buildings, the cameras, the lights, the everything becomes a focus and not Jesus, not the presence of God. That can be very scary. In Luke 16, 13, Luke 16, 13, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. All right, so what he's actually saying that these weeds actually exist in our hearts and they exist on this mountain. And um, if we don't deal with these weeds in our heart, we don't have authority in this mountain. That's why I'm saying, businessmen and women, if you're in business or gaining to business involved, if you've not dealt with these weeds, why do you think many Christians in this marketplace arena have gone through such hell, such fire? Is because fire is what burns up the chaff. That's why I say I promise you it's not for nothing. I'd rather go and walk with Christian men and women that are down and out, but they've let the fire of God burn in their lives because there will come a time that will, God will raise them up. You see, these weeds cannot exist in our hearts on this mountain. Okay? So, you can, listen to me. You can actually be a Christian with fears, uh, uh, with fear on this mountain, and your power and influence, listen to me, you can be a Christian and you have this fear because of these weeds in your heart, and you're involved in this mountain of economy and business. But the power and the influence that you have is based on that principality of mammon. Did you hear what I said? You can be a business person 
And the power and authority you're actually functioning with is the power from mammon. So you can have your millions, you can have all your mountains, your businesses, your properties, your whatever. But the power that has empowered you to get that has not been God, but has been the spirit of mammon. That is when we have seeds of fear in our hearts that have actually enabled us to access things. And whatever the devil gives you, he will require back from you. Your children. Your marriage, your friends. You see, we advance the kingdom when we advance it in the nature and the character of God. And we're not. Carrying this nature and character of God in this kingdom, it cannot advance the kingdom of God. We might advance our motives. We don't advance the kingdom because actually, technically, I'm a Christian. We're a Christian, therefore we're advancing the kingdom. Do you hear what I just said? Even though you're a Christian and you're involved in the marketplace... Technically, you can't. You think you're advancing the kingdom. You're not, because what you're actually serving. In Revelations eighteen one to four, Revelations eighteen one to four, it speaks about this. It says that Babylon will collapse one day. All right. So Babylon will collapse one day. Revelations 18 verse 1 to 4. We won't, I'll just, you can read it. It says there, Babylon the great is fallen. Is fallen. The merchants, merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Come out of her, my people. Lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. All right, listen to me. I've got good news for you. This does not mean that wealth will collapse. So all the Christians hiding in the caves, please come out. When the systems of Babylon collapse, it does not mean wealth will collapse. It's fine if the little lamb's lamb in the back, and that's fine. I don't mind the noise there. That's no problem. So... When Babylon it says Babylon will collapse, it does not mean the, it does not, the systems will collapse, but not wealth. Okay? So there will always be wealth and finances. But the, the thing is, Satan's economic system will collapse. Woo! Ah, suddenly I have hope. I don't have to buy more baked beans and bully beef and hide it. And, and, and. I'm not saying keep things, whatever, because you might have shortages, whatever, I'm not saying, but I'm speaking about the systems will collapse. So, the, this en the enemy system of greed and fear will collapse. That's what's going to happen. And things obviously happening. So, most stock exchanges, you know that most stock exchanges across the world are probably 90% operated under the spirit of mammon. 
That's how they moved. Probably 90% of stock exchanges across the world are influenced by mammon. And these systems could collapse just like that. And, um, you know, we know that every system which is not of God is busy being shaken and it will fall. If you look across the world, the things are just falling. If it's not established in God, the systems, it will fall. So, God, the good news is, is God will raise up alternative systems. And the, the systems that will be raised up on planet Earth will be through the sons and daughters of God. Okay? Sons and daughters of God. Not, I'm a Christian. That's my ticket for me to be in that place. It's, it's, it's not what I'm saying. It's kingdom-minded business men and women. There's a difference. So everything is about to change. I'm telling you, everything is about to change. Things are being shaken up. The thing that God wants us to do is he wants us to be able to shine in this time. To arise and shine. Because we need to be able to lead people out of the darkness. As in the marketplace in business, we need to arise and shine. And when you arise and shine, people will see, wow, you've got the character and likeness of God. You're not doing shady deals in the name of because you're getting money for the kingdom. You're a crook. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we need to come in and be the light. We need to bring about change and transformation. So wealth and finances, listen to me, will not disappear. Just the systems that are run by mammon and greed will disappear. So operating under the influence of the spirit in these systems, we're going to find ourselves in very difficult situations. I say again, the systems will fall, but wealth and finances will remain. Because God will raise up alternative systems. But if we are operating with this and in this with the same spirit, we're in for hard times. We know what happened in 2008. Remember stock exchange in 2008? Dropped. I don't know how many basis points it dropped in that one day. I know it was 777. I don't know. It's some crazy amount. It dropped in one day in 2008. And we saw what happened in the, the stock exchange there in America. And then a recession came in. You remember all these things that were happening? Things already started in 2000, end of 2007, 2008. Things started increasing. But there was this... Uh, and that happened just overnight. So... We do not need, we do not get the wealth of the nations by the spirit of greed. We don't get the wealth of the nations through that. The thing is what God wants us to do is really self-searching of our heart. And it needs to be done in advance on this mountain. And that's why I, I say again, I wish and I trust many businessmen and women will hear this because God is giving us grace to deal with things in our heart. And if we don't move in this time, watch what I'm telling you. 
we will see many Christian business men and women businesses go under and I don't want to give the doom, doom and gloom because the hope is God wants us to deal with the weeds if we submitted to any of these fears of this mammon because I'm telling you now the good news is coming I just don't know about the time that we have but I want to try even if we share a bit over time this morning please bear with me I'm only gaining but I, I want to give you some hope and more answers about this all right so just bear with me um so self-searching must take place in our hearts. This is what God's actually trying to put his finger on, okay? Um, the Lord has the solution on each of these mountains. Those seven mountains, God has a solution. Come on, he's the perfect father. All right? So um, I want to touch on a facet of, of the fivefold ministry, which remember, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, shepherd. I think they did I mention them all. So... The, 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 the one is the prophet. This is the office of the prophet. And how the office of the prophet actually, uh, in that office, can actually speak into situations in businesses and economies that change it. Hello? Why, why, why do we go to the witch doctors and all the things to get wealth? Do, do you hear what I'm saying? You know what I'm speaking about. And yet, where's the men and women of God that are standing in that place before the Lord? And yet what heaven is saying for that situation. Because God loves the nations. He died for the nations. Do you think he's, he took the authority back? We have that authority and we need to get the job done. Amen. Alright, so yeah, we have the, the prophet. And, um, you know, so many times, just by the way, I don't want to, there's different facets I'm dealing with. So this is one facet I'm sharing with you as well. But understand even in the economy and business, you'll see many times the voice of the prophet can speak into the situations of a nation, business companies, business people. There's also, the in, remember, the influence of the apostolic as well. So there can be gifting, even with one person, a gifting of apostolic and prophetic. Okay, I've seen that at work. It depends what is needed for the time. There's a grace I've seen also like that. There's sometimes combinations. I've seen this work. Um, and don't box everything. Just... I've seen the apostolic and prophetic work strong, as even in one gifting in a person like that. So, okay, besides the point now is that um, maybe if you, uh, in the apostolic office, you will, your influence will be maybe more in government. The office of the prophet, maybe that influence might be more in the marketplace, okay? I'm not making, this is influences, it can be both. But for today, I want to focus how the prophetic office can influence in the marketplace are you with me okay so the mountain of economy or business profits um, um basically uh, this prophet is a friend of god because what you're friend of then if you're not f a friend of god first be careful okay don't be balaam um you see prophets will reveal the treasures that are hidden they are able to see and to see the treasures that are hidden. hidden. A prophet recognizes and communicates with God. And in that is a treasure that is revealed through the relationship. Alright. So um, it can be this type of prophet. It can be treasures in the sense of people's destiny. It might be people, uh, prophets that are speaking about the destiny of a nation, of a city, of a town. It might be uh, um, uh, the the the. the 
mountain of, you know, of people like the mountain of religion, which can be the church as well, meaning that a prophet speaking to people's lives of churches, of individuals. You understand there's different facets. It's not just the marketplace. Do you hear what I'm saying? So it might be the mountain of religion in the church that the prophet speaks. But there's also this place of the economy that God uses the prophetic. So the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field. That's what the Bible says, okay? So the prophetic eyes is like, is like zooms in on the treasure that God, uh, uh, that God is actually hidden and actually wants to bring forth. So there's insight God is giving to the prophets to see things even in the marketplace. Okay? And the motivation must be right when they're looking for these things. Um, so, this can apply, like I said, to nations and cities. Um, it's like when um, God spoke to me when there's treasures. Like, for instance, uh, in about 1999, God spoke to me about to go plant a church in Amsterdam in Holland. And, and while I was worshiping and speaking to the Lord, because Amsterdam is known as a place of the red light districts and prostitution and drugs and whatever. And when I was just praying and worshiping, I started to laugh because God said to me clearly, just like I'm speaking, just so audibly in my spirit, he said, Charlie said, Amsterdam, city of worship. And I knew that's God. Because God saw the treasure. And many times I look, oh, look at you prostitutes, look at you druggies. God saw the treasure in the city. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? So, there's ways that God wants us to see the treasures and not the dirt that is there. The prophetic is like the eagle. Remember, eagle flies high and has this uh, perspective from on high to see far. That's what the, uh, many times the prophetic is referred to as the eagle, like the eagle. So this treasure hunting or discovery, that's what it is about. God wants to bring to the church through even the prophets, especially in these areas, that this treasure hunting, what's hidden? Um, I know that with, with some of the things, even in the East and that there, even with uh, wonderful people we know in the ministry, also in the prophetic, prophetic offices and that, where they would say, you know, when, uh, because these, these villagers from the Solomon Islands wanted to go to a conference, and they, they live in the bush. They had no money, they had nothing like this, and they said, Lord, you know how, whatever, and, and you know, these people we know, and the, who's a prophet there, uh, in, near to that nation, said, but, you know, God's going to provide for you. And there was an earthquake. And what happened? It split the ground, literally, a meter or so, through the village. And some of the houses were damaged, whatever. And the people upset, and these are Christians in the village. And they say, Lord, but now how can this be, whatever? You know, we, we serve you, whatever. And they were like also upsetting them. And they looked again, just, just below where it cracked open, there was gold <laughs> right through the village. <laughs> hey, I don't mind then a bit of an earthquake comes here. Do you, do you understand? This is how God, and, and because there was a word that God will provide. Okay? I get excited about these things, man. So, um, so the, the prophetic is, is very important in this also arena. Okay, so you discover supernatural strategies and new technologies. And these are the treasures themselves, okay? Um, I can tell you, man, just a lot of different things. You know, when they came, we had to get water at my house. We used to have a previous house. And there was no place to bring the rig in to drill for water. And I just told the guy, you bring it in the driveway. That's the only place. You drill right here. And he said, must I bring the divining rod to divine? 
Mas asan na nana so ah, I'm trusting Jesus. Just drill ya. And he drills there. And on uh, 18 or 19 meters, he gets, um, he gets the first water. The second, they speak about the second water on 28 to 29 meters, his second water. He's, they sink the sump at 35 meters. Now, listen, for some people, that's, uh, I know we're not at the coast, but we're inland. We're very high altitude. And they hit, um, well, it's in gallons. I don't know what's in, in, in liters, but basically 35,000 gallons, gallons an hour of water. And the guy's eyes are like this. So, you know, God has hidden things for us. We just need to hear what God's saying. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? All right. So, the importance of prophets, the importance of prophets in Chronicles 2020, it says this. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. So, God says, there's prophets that I'm giving you and that you'll prosper because believe also what they're saying. Believe what God's saying. Believe what God is saying through them. Okay, so God says he uses his prophets in order for you to prosper. That's what he says there in the word. And God is busy releasing treasures to those who are learning to recognize his voice. We need to hear his voice in the marketplace. You need to hear the voice of God in business. In Matthew 13, 45, Matthew 13, 45, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is, a, is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Seeking beautiful pearls. Deuteronomy 8.18 And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you, gives the power to get wealth. God wants to give supernatural answers to His sons and daughters. We need to live from this place of the supernatural. You see, the orphan cannot access this. Because the orphan waits for hands out, handouts. But a son receives inheritance because of honor and relationship so you have many christians that are orphans waiting instead of possessing going in hearing from the father because it's relationship and from that you access in your business okay so jesus died so that you can uh, can be uh, i remember last week i spoke about king a king and a priest we're all kings and priests it's not some teaching or giving you about if you're a businessman, you're just a king. Every one of us are kings and priests because there's authority God has given us and there's a relationship of our priesthood. And he's restored this. We can The call in this house is to reveal the glory of God in our daily lives, the presence of God, the glory of God. But do you know that interesting, the, the Hebrew word kabot? Just remember, this is a facet. So I, I'm not banking everything on this, but I want to give you an understanding of what glory also means. So for the people with the wrong seed in their hearts, they're going to take this maybe wrong. But kabot, the Hebrew word for glory, means to be heavy with presence, with honor, with wealth, with riches. So when his goodness manifests, supernaturally ministers, his goodness is revealed. Okay? So his glory is his presence, but it also speaks of wealth here. Now, I know sometimes, they, oh, ooh, just be careful. You pursue God. You don't pursue the things of the world. You pursue Him first. But it speaks, this is something that is hidden in glory as well. So, it will be those who God has dealt with. God has dealt with. God has, uh, people who have allowed their lives to be weeded, their hearts to be weeded, so that there's not 
greed or the spirit of poverty working in the hearts, you will be able to uh, get wealth. Because many times Christians get dismayed. They read these scriptures I've just read to you. you. God will give you power to create wealth. But actually he can't. Because what is operating is the seeds of poverty and greed. In Isaiah 45, 3 it says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. Isaiah 45, 3. Isaiah 60 verse 5 says, Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will, be, your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To the riches, to you the riches of the nations will come. Okay? This, just hear me. I'm not into the prosperity teaching. But I am into that God prospers you for purpose. He prospers you for purpose. You read how much God prospered David because David had to provide everything for Solomon to build the temple. God prospers you for purpose. If you don't understand that, you will always think God prospers you for your pocket. You can keep it. No, no. And that's why I say a lot of people, business people, are not involved in kingdom churches. They're involved in filling their buildings with people. Because whatever resonance goes from a local house, make sure what it resonates with in your heart. Is it kingdom and about him, or is it about the things of the king, but you benefit? Just watch that space. All right? So, um, when I say it's about prosperity for purpose, so God is looking for cooperation from his sons and daughters. That's what he's looking for. So prosperity with purpose. Just give, me, just give me another few minutes, five minutes, if that's okay. So prosperity with purpose. Isaiah 61.4. Isaiah 61.4 says, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. All right? This speaks of the natural, spiritual, and moral things that are going to be restored. Natural, spiritual, and moral things restored. Now, that's why do you think there's a massive shaking taking place in the world? Because God wants to restore. Okay? There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be tsunamis. There's going to be hurricanes. There's going to be whatever, tornadoes and stuff. And, but God is wanting to send His sons and daughters into these regions to rebuild the places, whether it's spiritually, morally, or whether it be even the physical things that they're involved in. So God is wanting the church to be involved in these things. Okay, And um, God wants his sons and daughters to be involved, but can he trust, he, can he trust you? Can God trust you? Are you connecting as a businessman and woman or whatever, are you connecting to the mission or are you connecting to your account? Do you hear the difference what I'm saying? It's so close that if you're not connected to the purpose, the mission, then you're connected to your kingdom. Isaiah 61.6 says, And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named uh, uh, ministers of our God, you will feed on the wealth of the nations, and in the, their riches you will boast. 
Okay? So we are called to be ministers uh, uh, of wealth. We are called to be ministers of purpose. That's what it says there. Um, yes, just some principles, and we're going to just crash land with the, some principles of, of the power of wealth. Okay? So first, we need to check our hearts. You in business, check your heart. Check your motives. Check your hearts. The Lord is looking for His sons and daughters, what? To shine. We need to shine with this glory of His. It's God's test in our hearts. We, you know, uh, we, must, we must guard our hearts. We need to be refined. Um, you see, because wealth tends to make you, listen to me, very important. Wealth tends to make you independent, self-sufficient, and unteachable. Most Christian people, businessmen and women in this mountain that I've met that start generating wealth, more and more I see they become independent when they get their account starts becoming fat. They become self-sufficient and they become unteachable. And then the pauper hits the fan down the road. So some people might have been poor. And some of these things maybe affected you in that. It, it's, it's all, they set in on you. And this is what affects you now when you do business. So this means uh, that you, know, you, you can actually be maxed out on the blessing of God. Just hear me right. You can be in business and it's like you can't go further. Because you actually maxed out. You, you've reached your maximum potential of what you can handle. You can't handle something more because of the seed. So you've been blessed. You've seen a certain provision. But because you reach a certain level, there's a seed of fear now starts coming in or of, of the poverty spirit. You can't reach a higher level now of generating finances. You see, power of wealth, there's a second point under this, power of wealth must be proven by faithfulness in the small things. If you're not faithful with the small things, that thing about, listen, I'm speaking about just in, even in the local church because the church that you're involved in is the purpose you're involved in. That's the appointed place. And, and when it comes to tithing offerings, my friends, that's the start. I've said this before, and, and, and I, I haven't got time to go into this. Tithing, it says, give a tenth of all. It doesn't say finances alone. So that's why I say we're not even ready to hear what I, need, what I believe the word says. That it says, give a tithe of all, not just your finances. So let's not go there now, because I don't want this everyone crying yet. <laughs> but do, do you understand? Yes, something that God wants to capture our hearts, because He's a faithful Father. He wants us to deal with, he wants to put more in our hands. He, he wants blessing to come into our lives, okay? Um, so, so the power of wealth must be proven by faithfulness in small things. The next point is the power of wealth must be maintained by continual and intentional trusting of God. If your strength and trust comes in what you have, you will plateau out.
everything that I just mentioned now is intimacy based. If your intimacy with God is not there, you've lost the focus of generating wealth. We need to stay relationally connected to God all the time. Okay. Haggai 2, 7 to 9 says, Haggai chapter 2, 7 to 9 says, The silver and the gold are mine. I will share, and, and, and he's got, he says, I will sh- shake all the nations, and what, uh, what is desired of all the nations will come, and I will fill the house with glory. Okay, so more, there's more and more testimonies we're hearing about this, how there's supernatural provision coming. There's shaking taking place, but God is wanting to place unrighteous stuff in the righteous people's hands. That's why there's so many Christian businessmen and women I know of that have been such, through such battles even the last number of years. is because of this reason. God wants to put in the right hands. The more I trust God, He will open the heart to us. That the more I trust God, He opens His heart, He reveals more to us. Okay? It's about relationship. we made in His image and we know how our children respond when we give them good things. Isn't that so? So, all these mountains need to be taken. It's a supernatural act. It's God wants us supernaturally to take hold of these things. Um, and uh, people who will find the treasure do not have mammon or the spirit of mammon influencing their lives. Those are the ones that are going to find the treasure. I just end over the testimony. Some of you heard it before, even with this. Um, at the one conference we went to years ago in, the, in, in the Asia, um, there were people that were shorting some cash. And um, it was a pastor's couple. So they, they, had, they, they, they couldn't draw in that sm- smaller, they hadn't had ATMs in that town. and They do have now, and the whole town's changed. And they never had cash. So they were shorting cash to, to buy things and to travel with whatever. And um, they were in the hotel and that, and um, actually the people, I haven't met them, but the people, Pastor Sam and Deline, our wonderful friends and that, they actually knew them personally. They actually saw this happen. And um, this couple, uh, I think they were from Australia, but they, they needed cash, you know, so they were borrowing from the guys who were with them and that. And then, you know, they went to sleep. They're in, they're in the hotel, went to sleep, and they wake up, and, and you know, the, the guy turned and he saw, but, you know, because he put his wallet and stuff next to his bed, you know, in the hotel. And next minute he looks and he looks. And it seems, you know, why does it look like it looked? Because now it's like a bit of a bubble shape. So he looks, takes his wallet and he sees. And in his wallet, this is overnight, in his wallet, he, it was filled with $100 bills. And listen to this. Brand new notes and every number on the bills followed one another. Come on. Hey. We hear, it's happened to us a number of times, just by the way, where, it's, especially with Annalise, it happens. It's, you know, it happens with her. But uh, my, because why I say this, because no one has her bank accounts. And, they would, and she would just say, oh, yes, money in my account. There's a number of times that money appears in her bank account. I know the one guy who was showering. Showering. In the shower in the bathroom. And he's showering in the shower in his home. And a hundred dollar US bill is falling in the shower, falls on him while he's showering. Come on. 
We serve the best Father, the most perfect Father. All right, let's. Uh, I, I'm going to just pray for everyone now. And I know, so we went, sorry we went a bit over time, but I want to pray for you, those online and those that are sitting here. I want to just pray for you that God would really just do a thing right now in our lives and that there'll be a faith level that will rise up. So, Father, I want to pray for everyone watching online, everyone standing here today and listening to this message and those who are going to listen to this message. Father, I pray, work in our hearts, Holy Spirit, that you'll help us weed out the weeds that are wrong, that, is, that, that has caused us to agree with the spirit of mammon, the spirit of poverty, the spirit of lack. And Father, we confess it before you today. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for fearing about the future of not having enough, not having enough, having lack. Forgive us for having greed. We have to have. We have to have because that doesn't satisfy. Forgive us, Father. I pray that you work deep in our hearts. Lord, I really pray for the business people and those in the marketplace. Lord, give us grace just to take this mountain. For you, Father. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen.